2: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: This is FeaceIn Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on FeaceN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome to VeeSIN Tonight, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook Dave Ross in for the aforementioned Matt Humans, alongside veteran handicapper. Les Reynolds you that, know what that means that's
4: another word for old
2: that's a, like that that is amazing that that's where we are in this stage of life but mm-hmm. I think of that I, again not knowing Matt's age right. I think I think I could be older than Matt but I'm just not as veteran a handicapper right. as you guys are I'm just veteran right <laughs> just yeah.
4: old. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're aging uh, uh, rapidly. A- absolutely, you know, Father Time. Or at least I am.
2: No, 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 you're hanging in there. Father Time is undefeated. Uh, we'll get to some matchups tonight that we really like that are still going on, and some that have not yet tipped. As we get to the uh, latest hour in windows here for college basketball tonight, going to have Doug Kazarian join us. I uh, to begin hour number three, which will be a lot of fun to have Doug on the program as well. But I want to start there with some of the things you've seen. And, again, we got some uh, some games getting ready to go. Obviously, Gonzaga, not a normal-type Zags team this year uh, against the Dons of San Francisco. Bill Russell will not be playing tonight for San Francisco.
4: So make that factor, in. That certainly helps uh, Gonzaga's <laughs> cause.
2: It does help out their cause a little bit. But it, what do you make of the Zags this year? And I know that they're uh, laying four in the road tonight against San Fran. Do you look at Gonzaga and say maybe this is just not your typical mark few team, and whether or not you want to lay points on the road tonight versus what they might do if they do get into the NCAA tournament? Because last I saw Wes, they're kind of a bubble team right now. uh,
4: They they are, and and look, uh, this San Francisco team is actually a very solid team. Now they would not be an at large team for the NCAA tournament. Just they're twenty two and seven though, but they don't really have any marquee wins, uh, resume wins, shall we say, but. Gonzaga, look. Up, depending on which bracketologist you subscribe to, you know, first four or last four in mm-hmm. or last four buys, right? Right on that bubble here. But that win over Kentucky obviously was massive uh, for this team. So. You know, got to keep doing it. Look, they could still win the uh, West Coast Conference Tournament, too, uh, just uh, not too far from us at the Orleans Arena. They could go ahead and do that. But St. Mary's uh, uh, looks like they're probably got a really good case for an at-large. They have the nation's longest winning streak at 15. Mm-hmm. So, And they've already beaten Gonzaga. At Gonzaga, by the way, the uh, return match uh, between the two will be Well, on Saturday uh, in Moraga, California, and then the West Coast Conference Tournament gets started uh, uh, this time next week. So, uh, look, Gonzaga, look, they can't afford any any more slip-ups, and and they got to get this one tonight, I think. And if they do get St. Mary's on Saturday night, then I think that they're sitting pretty okay for an at-large bid if they don't win that tournament.
2: And that's amazing to think that, you know, the WCC and whether or not, you know, that not just a West coast bias against the PAC 12 schools, like we used to have, but now that because of the success of the St. Mary's uh, to a degree, and certainly Gonzaga through the years, it, they almost feel like a two bid week. Like you, not that every year is not, is obviously different. Right. Mm-hmm. But it does feel because of the pedigree. Sometimes I wonder in that committee room, Wes, if it's hard to say, let's say Gonzaga doesn't win uh, the, the conference tournament to go, you know, are we really going to leave out? I don't, can we say they're a brand name now in college basketball? Because it kind of feels like they are.
4: I will say this. I don't think that that matters as much as people think. Uh, we've had tournaments without Duke yep. and without Kentucky and without uh, Syracuse. Um, yeah, without Syracuse. <laughs> uh, so without Indiana. So there we go. Look, you, 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 the tournament is like idiot proof. It's it's the event that's the selling, not necessarily the team. Now you want to have as many of the, of the name brand teams yep. as you can, but – if they don't qualify, they don't qualify, and, and I think what happened to Gonzaga because they they always schedule a pretty darn tough schedule in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to them in Maui? They lost to Purdue, and then they did beat uh, Syracuse and UCLA in the consolation round. Well, Syracuse and UCLA. Have been disappointing this year. Yes. Those wins are not as good now as they might have been around Thanksgiving time. Same thing with USC. Played them here in Vegas and beat them. Uh, Played UConn uh, at not the Kennel, but the downtown arena in Spokane and and lost there and then uh, lost to San Diego State at home. So they scheduled a tough schedule. But. None of those wins just for, like, really huge wins for this team. And then the fact that Steel Venners, the uh, transfer from Eastern Washington, who was kind of supposed to be their spot-up shooter, because mm-hmm. they always have a really good spot-up shooter some uh, every year at Gonzaga. And then – He gets hurt. They haven't had him all year. So uh, uh, Gonzaga is going to close uh, at uh, USF on the hilltop. Uh, Minus four. There is some three and a half out there, 153 and a half on the total. But uh, a big game tonight in the WCC. Yeah, in St. Mary's,
2: uh, that game just getting ready to tip as well. They're laying 15 at Pepperdine. Uh, and again, we're talking about possibly a 2 bid league here. But St. Mary's, to you, in your estimation, one thirty-seven and a half is what I'm seeing in that total as I get ready to jump it there at Pepperdine. By the way, uh, neither here nor there. Pepperdine might be the prettiest
4: university in the country. They're not the prettiest basketball team, though. <laughs> that team, that, that team. I'm sorry, they stink. They're and, not very good. And uh, I did not. I did not lay it here. Uh, with uh, with St. Mary's, uh, but but I think that this number is pretty uh, hefty price tag uh, for a reason. Uh, St. Mary's uh, already drilled Pepperdine a couple weeks ago in Moraga. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they do the same on the road. But St. Mary's 15 wins in a row now, 23 and six. They beat Pepperdine, I believe, two weeks ago tonight, 103 to 59. So would lean a little bit under in that game. Uh, maybe maybe a lower scoring game, but I stayed away from it.
2: And very quickly, if it is. St. Mary's and Gonzaga, not saying that that's the way it's going to happen, but if that's the, the WCC final and St. Mary's wins, do you think that that win over Kentucky, because you know what they say a lot of times in the committee, it's not, all right, they're going to quad ones, they'll break up. Mm-hmm. Who did you beat? And then not necessarily, who'd you play? Who'd you beat? Right. And when they say, well, we beat Kentucky. That win is looking going to look better and better because it looks like Kentucky is kind of getting that second wind uh, down their stretch of the season. People start to look at Kentucky and say, shoot, we know that the Wildcats might have Final Four talent.
4: Yeah, it's it's really the saving grace right now, I, I think, for uh, Gonzaga in terms of their, uh, their at-large possibilities. But obviously could get the automatic bid and get mm-hmm. the AQ if they win at the Orleans Arena uh, uh, about a week and a half uh, from now. So... I think probably two bids coming out of the West Coast. I
2: tend to lean that way as well, but Gonzaga, do yourself a favor. Make sure you at least get that far. Again, laying the four tonight against the Dodds of San Francisco. Uh, Let's do some NBA very quickly. We got some games in progress right now. Uh, The Suns are up on the Rockets 93-84. That live total right now is 8.5 on the number, rather. is 8.5. The total is 209.5. The Nuggets a huge lead against the Heat after uh, quarter number one. It's tightened a bit here as they Get ready for halftime about a minute ago in regulation there. 52 46 now. Miami's closed the gap there. So that live number is eight and a half as well for the Nuggets. And that total right around where we just saw in Phoenix, uh, 208 and a half now for the Nuggets. And the Lakers coming off that big win mm-hmm. against the Clippers. And
4: wouldn't you know it, second quarter, getting ready to start. Early struggles, down three against the Wizards. Yeah, not really surprising, though, because of that big, massive comeback where they were down 21. By the way, that was the biggest fourth quarter comeback in LeBron James' career. And uh, uh, I went ahead and played the the under on the overreaction. I played under LeBron points tonight at uh, I Mm. I think I had 25 and a half. He's got four after the first quarter. But I just thought, okay, you know, sometimes when you get that really big performance, the next game gets a little bit inflated. Uh, so it's 34-31, uh, AD with 10 in the first quarter, D'Angelo Russell with 11. But Wizards have the lead. And then uh, we were talking about Heat and Denver, rematch, of course, of the NBA Finals mm-hmm. uh, last year. So first crack. Uh, Denver, by the way, goes to Miami, I believe, in about two weeks. So been waiting a long time to get that, uh, that matchup. I considered playing Miami but it just stayed off of it and played uh, Jamal Murray under points because this is a tough matchup uh, for this team. And then you mentioned uh, Phoenix, uh, 93-84, to about midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, Devin Booker with 31 already for the Phoenix Suns. So uh, 641 left to go. So bigger NBA slate, though, on Thursday night than we usually get. We usually get maybe three games, four games. You get the two on TNT and then maybe one or two outliers. But – uh, big schedule tonight. So uh, uh, Miami Heat, though, by the way, have uh, cut it to two possessions. They've come back to five. They were boat raced in the first quarter, wow. but second quarter, a different story.
2: Uh, who won the, the? of course, Team USA won the 1980 Olympic gold in hockey. Who did they beat in the finals? The Russians. Semifinal. See, this would be the equivalent yeah. if the Lakers were to know, lose tonight to the Wizards,
4: right? I totally beefed that, too, because it was in the semifinal. That's but a, we always think it's the final.
2: It was the Finns. It was Finland, right? Yes. So you can't beat the Clippers with this historic comeback that lose at home to the Wizards. No. Right? That's the, that's the whole thing. Like You look at this thing and you go, man, all right, it's early. They're, they're down six at home. But not to say that would waste the effort that you had last night. But it got everybody buzzing today, Wes, myself well, included, going, well, hey, maybe this Laker team if they play like that fourth quarter, maybe they can make another run in the Western Conference.
4: And there's something to be said for that because every time the Lakers get like that big win, I remember uh, they did so uh, uh, in that uh, in-season tournament that, of course, was hosted out here. The semifinals and finals of the T-Mobile. It's like okay, now the Lakers got the confidence. Now they're now they're gonna right. start to maybe, and they didn't. They, they went on a big losing streak. So this has been an up-and-down team uh, this year. They're obviously they're in that 7-10 to 10, uh, mm-hmm. uh, group with like Sacramento, Dallas, and also Golden State, who, oh, by the way, uh, they get a win tonight against the uh, shorthanded Knicks, even though Jalen Brunson was back. No Julius Randle, no OG Ananobi uh, still for Golden State. Uh, 31 for Steph, 25 for Kuminga uh, in a road victory tonight in the Garden.
2: Uh, very quickly, too. The Bucs get another win tonight. It's it's not so much that the Bucks get another win on the road against Charlotte, 111 to 99. It's the 99. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the I don't want to say they're playing defense because I don't want to alarm anybody out there.
4: They, they, and Dan Moneyline Miller, who is our, our producer, Bucks fan in our so ear, is like, are. yeah, they are. and And, and he's right. They're He's starting right. to they, play defense. They, they have been better defensively because we saw how lost in space that they were early on because, of course, to acquire Dame time, yep. to acquire Damian Lillard in that three-team uh, trade, they had to give up Drew Holiday, who's one of the better backcourt defenders in the entire NBA, and that makes a big difference. Uh, but Bucks do get the win, 111-99, obviously uh, right on the number. Uh, there were some 12s out there, some 11.5, so hopefully you laid the best of it. Game goes under the total.
2: Don't want to give credit to the great doc rivers just yet but maybe things starting to change there they have Milwaukee. been better
4: after the all-star break they
2: absolutely have when we come back we got some nor no news and some noise in the pacific northwest
0: involving gino smith that's next year on these tonight
3: Mo play.
4: This is v tonight with Matt humans and Wes Reynolds on v the sports betting network.
2: Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. Get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240 just by using the promo code TONIGHT. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do for an entire year, which includes our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has a current hot hand, betting splits showing you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access, plus our upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and every round of the tourney. Remember, use the promo code TONIGHT get your first year of VEASAN Pro access for just $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe back alongside Wes Reynolds, Dave Ross here in for Matt Humans tonight on Veasan tonight, and I teased as we were going to break there that was news out of Pacific Northwest in the NFL. It is rather significant because it does have tentacles to the draft Mm -hmm. and where maybe Seattle might be looking uh, to acquire and what they might be looking to acquire in the first round. And that news coming out of there is Geno Smith. What are we going to do with Geno? We're going to restructure his deal. Cut them loose. Right. Go new. No. We got a new head coach. Remember, Pete Carroll's out. Mike McDonald's in from Baltimore. He comes in to take over there to run this thing in year one. And the reports we're getting out of there, and you see it now, according to Bleacher Report, this is from Jordan Schultz, on the X. The Seahawks have informed Gino. he's going to be on the roster in 2024 under his current contract. I'm told Smith has received commitment from Seattle's Front office, which is still the same, it's just no longer having Pete Carroll there, so you get that continuity at least at the quarterback position. Doesn't mean it precludes them from drafting a quarterback, mm-hmm. and you know possibly saying, "Hey, Gino, you're gonna have to be the, the groomer." Nobody wants to be the groomer, by the way. Right. Everybody wants to be the guy. Yes. Nobody wants to be the guy that's gonna groom the, groom the next guy. So is that what Gino is at this stage of his NFL career? Which, by the way, it's a fantastic story to go from you know, gonna be at the penthouse in New York. Quickly to the outhouse in New York. And then looks like you're out of the league. And you kind of quietly go about your business, not really saying anything. And just, you're third string for a number of years. And you walk and work all the way back up to not only starting, which is what Baker Mayfield has also done, but to getting a new deal, a three-year deal. And it's going to count, I believe, what, $25 million, three-year, $75 million contract. In uh, That's what he got last year. It's the second year of that contract coming up this year. He's earned that. And, like, I kind of feel this is like – it's a nice way of the organization of saying, we appreciate what you've done. we got a rookie head coach. We need the stability. We're not changing everything. And the last thing we're going to change is the quarterback.
4: They wrote him off, but he didn't write back, as he he said. But, uh, (laughs) look, Gino now 33, obviously, you know, trying to hang on here. Uh, You know, uh, that's kind of the age, you know, when you get into your mid-30s where – you know, maybe they're pushing you out the door or maybe you're in your prime, but I think Seattle, it, 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 whether it's confidence in Geno or whether it's confidence in their new offensive coordinator, by the way, that new offensive coordinator is Ryan Grubb, mm-hmm. who was at University of Washington, of course, with Kalen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer now, and he was actually going to take the Alabama offensive coordinator and go with DeBoer down there to Tuscaloosa, but Seattle made the offer. Ryan Grubb was arguably the one of the best, uh, maybe the best offensive coordinator in college football last year, saw what the Husk did getting all the way to the national title game before they bowed out to michigan and what he did with michael Penix? i know that's college but it's different i think for like a coordinator to to make that transition so they have some confidence in ryan grubb of course because uh shane waldron now the new offensive coordinator in chicago Mm -hmm. so a lot of musical chairs not just with the head coaches but with the coordinators but uh yeah i think seattle Yeah, I don't disagree with them sticking with Geno Smith. I could see them maybe in the market for like a developmental quarterback in the second round. Hmm. Maybe take one in the second or third round. uh, uh, Maybe somebody like a Spencer Rattler, because obviously they're not going to get one of these top three with Williams, Daniels, May, whatever order you put them in. So they could be in the market for a developmental quarterback at least this is a little
2: bit surprising to me you look at the 16 teams in the NFC right now with with only posted numbers here for the conference and Super Bowls right for those extreme uh, longer plays out there that you're finding in, in those futures market at the 16 teams they're option 10 they're tied the same number as the aforementioned Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers and uh, just ahead of not that far ahead of Arizona the 30 to one. Uh, it seems like an extreme long shot. I, I don't feel like this team is that far. Not that I'm saying play the number. But when you, yes, you have a rookie head coach. Yes, you have a new OC. You do have a lot of changing parts there. But you still have the front office and Schneider. You feel like you can trust them when it comes to the to the draft. Mm-hmm. What do you make of Seattle? Because I don't know that they're that far away, are they?
4: They're a solid team. Yeah. Uh, but but look, uh, this is a team that is obviously in the division with the 49ers. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to be getting necessarily worse uh, in anytime soon. The Rams obviously uh, showed improvement, yep. but uh, look, uh, uh, I think Seattle, you know, they need some help on defense too. Everybody's going to look to the offense. They need some help uh, on on the defense, especially in that front four and that front seven. I, I think that was kind of maybe the weak spot uh, for this team a little bit. They got some pretty good receivers. Offensive line still young, uh, you know, working those young uh, offensive tackles. They were nine and eight for the second uh, straight season, but wasn't good enough to get in the playoffs this year. So uh, that's you know, I think Seattle. Probably, you know, they're right in the middle right now, and that's where they're drafting. I think they're 16th uh, in in the first mm-hmm. round. So, you know, you're never out of the market for maybe another weapon. But they got a young running back in Kenneth Walker. They platoon those guys, uh, him and uh, him and Zach Charbonnet yep, from UCLA. So, so there's some talent there to work with on that offense. I think. Offensive and defensive line, though, I think is the biggest need for Seattle.
2: Well, you mentioned maybe part of that problem of why they're 30 to one to win the NFC next year is because the, the division they share with the Niners and the Niners of the runaway freight train right now, uh, the odds on favor to get back uh, to the Super Bowl. Oh, so close to winning it a year ago. There are other reports coming out. In my favorite Western of all time is Tombstone. And mm-hmm. he says, oh, you're Doc Holliday. And he says, that's a rumor. And the rumor is... Is that Kirk Cousins? The numbers have been just drastically dropped for which team he'll take snap number one with next year, and all of a sudden the rumor says San Francisco. Look at this covers; they've gone down from 15-1 to to 18-1 that Kirk KC8 his next home will be in San Fran. Now look, and people, and again I I go way back with Kirk in DC under Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan drafted. Mm -hmm. Kirk cousins in the fourth round the same year that they drafted and traded basically swapped a one and, and gave up two number ones. So three total to draft Robert Griffin, the third and in the same draft that brain trust, which was Mike Shanahan and a young Kyle Shanahan, they still said, we're going to take Kirk cousins in the fourth round at of Michigan state. And they do not regret it one bit. And we knew some of us there in DC knew that if Mike had his druthers, he would have played Kirk from the start. But the owner had other options back then, and that was going to be Robert Griffin III. It worked out certainly for a year and a half, and then it didn't work out so well. Mm -hmm. So I told somebody today, I said, look, here's all I can tell you about this. Kirk loves Kyle. Kyle loves Kirk, Mm -hmm. period, end of story. Now, whether that means they would usurp Brock Purdy in San Francisco feels like a long shot to me at this stage. But when you see the numbers move that drastically, and we got a great show on this network called Follow the
4: Money, what do you make of those numbers, moves? Well, this idea got put out by 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 a, on a, a podcast, I believe, like a like a week ago, and uh, it was somebody KTSP, uh, which is uh, I believe one of the radio affiliates up there in Minneapolis, uh, uh, did kind of put that out there. And you know, this is playing the connected dots. Obviously, yes. an old relationship with uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, and uh, Mike Shanahan. And look, he's gonna he's going to command a lot of money. Uh, we know, what was his deal, like $35 million for one year yeah, last year? Yeah, because so.
2: they, they had him on, the I believe, the last year of his, his long deal that he had in Minnesota. But, but,
4: but would he take the discount to go with a team that mm. looks primed and ready to win the Super Bowl? So it's not as far-fetched, I don't I don't think, necessarily uh, as as one would think. You know, they are kind of a little bit down the board because it's like, well, they're going to stick with their guy. I mean, he got him in the Super Bowl, you know, so they're not going to... And he played know, well keep, in the Super Bowl, right? They, yeah, don't think okay. At, nobody looks at Brock Purdy goes. That's why they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, uh, but that you know, maybe they don't want to kick him out of the door yet, but. I do think that there, where there's smoke, there's fire yes. a little bit here. So uh, I don't think that, that this is necessarily all that far-fetched. Uh, uh, there is the obstacle you got to create some cap space. Niners are like $12.3 million over the caps, so that means you've got to make some cuts. Now, that doesn't mean Kirk Cousins is going to say, hey, I want the top dollar. Right. I'll take maybe a little bit of discount to, to come to a, you know, win a Super Bowl ring near the end of my career. But can't have that much of a discount. And also, they got to extend Brandon Ayuk. Uh, that's going to cost them some money. Uh, uh, they obviously made the change with defensive coordinators. So new system, you know, moving the chairs around on that side of the ball. But, yeah, it's certainly not that much of a far-fetched idea. But, obviously, uh, uh, if you're looking for the big price, that is gone uh, uh, now as of uh, earlier today.
2: Don't any of you have the, the guts to fight? <laughs> well, I'm your huckleberry. Well, that's just <laughs> my game. I just think that Val Kilmer's role – as Doc Holiday was the best of all the Doc Holidays ever out there. Kids, if you haven't seen it, go check out Tombstone, the best Western of all time. When we come back, let's talk a little golf as well, Wes, because I know you've had your eye on what's going on as they've made the Florida track and the boys have come east. We'll discuss next here when you come back on V-C tonight.
4: VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the Grapefruit and Cactus leagues with the VSEN Free MLB Betting Primer? This primer is going to let you know how to bet spring training, continue all season long with our VSEN experts as they give their World Series feature analysis, uh, analysis rather. And our free MLB betting primer has basic baseball betting advice for those new to betting MLB, plus a breakdown on how to use sabermetrics metrics for more data-driven bettors to make this your best season yet. Bet Major League Baseball smarter this year. Download the free MLB betting primer now for free at vsan.com slash guide. That's com slash guide. Back D- alongside Wes Reynolds. Dave, have you seen my baseball? I have not seen your baseball. <laughs> I wasn't to this: you know, I'm reading that that read and uh, sabermetrics. Do you when that came out, when we were really mm-hmm. showing our
4: age. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you remember like the resi- the la résistance from, like the established baseball people, probably like me at least. Oh yeah, going sabermetrics. What's this hokey well, pokey because, analytics? Because practice?
4: baseball was kind of, I think, the first in terms of like metric sport yes. if you want if you want to say it with 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 analytics and and the fact that started of course it was coined by uh, the legendary Bill James yep. like this has been around for years oh. and 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 you know it started advancing in 85 when Bill James wrote that uh, historical baseball abstract and then win shares in 2002 mm-hmm. so then you all started to get the Baseball Prospectus, which is a great publication for baseball stat nerds, or rotisserie players, or betters for that for that matter. Uh, but yeah, it happened in baseball, and then of course, uh, uh, Moneyball, the uh, movie uh, that was uh, made off Billy Bean uh, yep. when he was the GM of the A's, uh, who obviously used uh, uh, metrics to his advantage. I had a lot of good clubs up there, so. Yeah, it started there, and then now you're getting uh, more advanced stats or advanced metrics in basketball and in football and golf and all other sports. So, but it really did start with baseball.
2: It did, and I'm so old, West, that I was in a rotisserie baseball league back in the late '80s. Mm-hmm. People were like. Rotisserie was chicken, yeah. Like no, no, no. That's what we call. It was called rotisserie baseball. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses those terms anymore. Do like sabermetrics yeah. takes me back to those Bill James days. Oh yeah, because those were the infancies of it. And for people like us, that didn't really know the analytical side to it. You saw the changes happening, and you knew then. You're like, oh, there's something here. And Bill James, by the way, for those that don't know who you're talking about, Wes. A lot of people in the established baseball community. Looked at him like a heretic, mm-hmm. and they looked at him like, "Oh, we we can't have this in our game." Well, any, this-
4: anybody that's different, yes. like anybody that's kind of an outlier, doesn't do things the conventional way. Yeah, it still exists today, like it, like in sports media. Anybody that's kind of a little bit different, it's like, "Oh my god, they can't you know, like are I, They don't know what he he didn't know what he's doing, but. I think Usually, I, those guys are proven wrong.
2: And I think Bill James, through the years, has proven that uh, he was certainly onto something and not certainly everybody has. uses it. Uh, we mentioned some games in progress here. We were kidding about the Lakers can't lose to the Finns after beating the, the Russians uh, and the Clippers last night. Now they got the Wizards in town. Now, knotted up at 65. A lot of points there. Uh, just under a minute to go in, uh, regular, before halftime, rather. So, 65 all there with about 50 seconds to go. And the Heat have really made this ball game against the Nuggets. Still down seven right now. Sixty-three uh, fifty-six, and I believe the Suns just went final as they put a, put together a victory. Yeah, they're against up the by uh,
4: six with sixteen point nine left to go. So obviously, uh, uh, hold all tickets here. They yep. were laying eight and a half nine. I Ooh. think the Rockets probably. I think the call off the dogs. cover.
2: Yep, it looks like it one hundred eight one hundred two as you mentioned here with sixteen point nine to go. So not officially put to bed yet. So we'll see. It's one of those dreaded. Rockets take the timeout. You call off the dogs. Like, what what are we trying to do here? But it is a two-possession game.
4: That's one of those things, too. And that's why I always think seven, especially in the NBA, but also in college basketball, more so in the NBA, though, is like the magic number. Yeah. Because that's the first number that makes it a three-possession game. Okay, so if Houston, you know, uh, it's 108 to 102, and they don't hit a three here, it's going to be – See you down, down the road. It. Good game. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, they don't keep fouling. This is not like college, man. Well, they will foul forever oh and ever and ever and ever, and we're going to get it, obviously, now as we get to the conference. Like, it makes sense in conference tournaments or NCAA tournament or NIT or whatever because your season is at stake mm-hmm. here. You know, and and it's going to be your last game, but teams teams do foul forever. So, uh, don't think Houston will do that. By the way, for the uh, uh, Heat and uh, Denver, mm-hmm. uh Hate to hate to win like this, but I don't give the money back. Uh, having uh, uh, Jamal Murray under points doesn't look like he is going to return the, to the game. Uh, uh, did leave apparently with an with an injury, so. He is out of the game with uh, with uh, six points, but uh, I believe I, I think I think it was ankle. Okay, I, I believe that's what it was. But uh, uh, no Jamal Murray for the duration, so a lot of Reggie Jackson uh, for the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. has been the man of the hour though, twenty three for the Nuggets. All
2: right, sixty three, sixty one, as they are now in the third quarter. There, Miami making that one a ball game. Still that six point uh, spread here, Phoenix. And Houston, five point six seconds to go, one hundred eight, one hundred two. So again, don't don't go to the window yet. That game is not officially. Don't, don't rip up your ticket. Yeah, if you ever have a ticket. Not like- that we
4: know anybody that would ever do that. <laughs> Sean behind
2: the glass would never rip up a ticket and then realize his parlay was still live.
4: Yeah, uh, so that's like a, a buddy of mine that used to work for my with my father goes. I'll always look with your head down, Ronald. You might find some money. <laughs> you might find a, a winning ticket that somebody, like, left somewhere. Keep
2: looking, kid. You never know. It could be out there. Uh, let's get to a little bit of what you saw today with the Cogn- Cognizant Classic. This was the old Honda Classic uh, down in Florida. Now the PGA Tour has made their way to the East Coast to begin their Florida swing. And it's the Bear Trap, for people that don't know, Jack Nicklaus Design Course, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, the Bear Trap is called because you get to the final finishing holes there, and they can be they can play diabolical depending on the wind. Today, not so difficult for the for the guys out there. At least in the early wave, a little bit easier than the late wave. And sometimes, Wes, you know how this goes with the way you handicap golf. But sometimes you do get the not the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can I, I remember hearing stories of well, Jack Nicklaus will tell you about a round in 1962 at the British Open and that he got the bad wave because of the wind. I mean, these guys remember how they maybe got the bad fortune or the good fortune of the weather. Uh, Right now, Rory is still the betting favorite here after one round. And Rory right now to win this is plus 650. Cameron Young has now moved into the second position at plus 750. S.H. Kim at 16 to 1. Uh, Benny on there. Ben young, young on. He is at 20 to 1. Min will Lee from Australia 22 to 1, so we start to get to those longer numbers. Is this Rory and, and Cam? We're still waiting for Cam to break yeah. through in the PGA Tour. Yeah,
4: I, I hope to not wait uh, but much longer though, because I have Cam Young 26 to 1 uh, to win this thing. So 6 under. Uh, very good round. Putted terrific today. One of the better putters uh, in the field. In fact, I think he was the second best putter in the field behind Eric Von Royen, mm-hmm. uh, who got in at 9 under. You, you uh, also see on that first page but yeah afternoon was a little bit more difficult about maybe three quarters of a shot more difficult still a couple groups left out overnight but uh uh the scoring was lower, though, and, and we wondered uh, if it might start out. Now, I think it's going to get tougher as the weekend goes along. Yep. This, is a, this, by the way, has ranked as the toughest uh, uh, non-major championship course on the PGA Tour a couple times in the last few years, and it certainly did last year. So it is a little bit of a shock to the system to see seven under, but they did get a lot of rain, softened it up. They've lo- lessened the rough a little bit. Mm-hmm. They've made this also into a par 71 because that – Tough, long, par four tenth is now a short par five. Everybody's making birdie there. Yeah, so so it's a par seventy one right now. Uh, Chad ramey Ramy, uh, Yun Kim, uh, currently at seven under, as you mentioned. But you know, still a lot, still a lot of guys in the mix. I'll say one guy that's not that was very, very popular. I actually had him last year where he finished runner up and lost in that playoff as a big long shot and had to hedge out with Chris Kirk. How about Eric Cole? Seven over yeah, par. What, what happened there? Dead last. Ugh. Dead last. Uh, lost six uh, shots with his iron. So, and, and lost two with his putter. So that tells you I think he had one, two. He had two double bogeys on the card. <sighs> had a triple bogey on <sighs> the card. And I believe had three more bogeys. Made three birdies today. So a 78 for Eric Cole. Another guy uh, that was a runner-up last week, Sammy Valamaki, four over par. So uh looks kind of out of it. And then I'm just looking at some of the notable names that didn't really get off to uh uh great start today. Some of the guys that uh might be over par. Uh yes, yeah, some guys at even Russell Henley who's won here before well, he's be even, even par today. You're getting lapped by this field. You are Ricky Fowler, uh mm. even par today. So a lot of names that are kind of a little bit down the board. I I, I to expect that this board is going to get turned a little bit upside down, uh, Dave. Just just by the nature of the course, because this is PGA National and this is one of the toughest courses on the PGA Tour. So it's going to play tough. Man. You, yeah, I think so. Like you know, you, you might get mid-teens under par, which is probably a little bit bigger than you usually uh, would get. But I don't think you're going to see these guys necessarily shoot 20 under. If I was looking to add mm-hmm. anybody in play, though, uh, I guess uh, you know. The ones I would maybe look at. I think you could look at Alex Norin uh, at three shots back, uh, 40 to 1. He's good on these grinder courses and a really good putter. Shane Lowry is six shots back, but but he's finished runner up here before 35 to 1. Chris Kirk, another one. Chris Kirk, by the way, the defending champion. I have him in placement markets. Uh, three shots back, 35 to 1. So if you're looking for in play, those might be the three I would look at after round one.
2: All right, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit deeper into the show because there's a Frenchman out there, Matthew Pavan, at four under, who's already won this year on tour, and I see him at 35 to 1. I'm like, man, this guy can really play. Mm -hmm. Get your thoughts on that as well. Come on back. Much more to get
0: to get some updates next on VEASAN tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
3: So, what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
4: This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no sweat bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet happens to lose. Download the app, use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown, can be all yours. Wes Reynolds, Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook looking up the zags. We talked about that a little bit off the top of the show. Uh, not quite at halftime yet here against the Dons in
4: Struggle City here. Yeah, good ball game right now mm-hmm. on on the hilltop uh, though but uh uh, Gonzaga back ranked in the poll. But look, USF, they're looking for their marquee win. Their best win was probably over Minnesota, uh, which is a lot better win now than it was back then as yeah. the Gophers playing some pretty good ball. By the way, this is not, I said it's a, the hilltop because I'm so used to USF being at home. This is actually at the Chase Center tonight. Oh, at, the, field. At, the, at the Warriors uh, building. So uh, uh, not at the War Memorial Gymnasium, but nevertheless, USF leading by one, about 30 seconds left to go in the half. Zags
2: 12. And two in conference play and 22 and six, San Fran 22 and seven, and 11 and two in conference play. So I, I get it. Like people are gonna go, it's WCC. It's still with the, the out of conference schedules, mm-hmm. playing a Minnesota, beating a Minnesota Gonzaga, beating a Kentucky. I think these conferences now, they are viewed quite differently than maybe they were viewed 10 years ago.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's good ball at, in, yep. in these conferences. And uh, Gonzaga is such a proven commodity, as is St. Mary's, even though they hadn't been to a Sweet 16 in over a decade. Uh, but Gonzaga, by the way, going to take wow. a one-point lead, uh, a late shot at the buzzer. Uh, so 35-34. to 34. If you had Zags' first-half money line. That was tight. Yeah, because uh, uh, first half, by the way, okay, it does go under the first half total. Uh, Graham E.K., 16 points. uh, Mm -hmm. And I figured he would have a big game, the Wyoming transfer, just because San Francisco really doesn't have a lot of size down low. But uh, uh, Gonzaga, San Francisco, uh, a very good one out there by the Bay tonight.
2: Uh, And very quickly in the NBA, uh, we can put a bow on the game we were updating you on earlier Phoenix does get the win. Don't cover the number, though. 110-105 is the final. Houston, uh, pretty pretty pesky these days, the Rockets, mm-hmm. uh, as they, they've been playing some better basketball, even in losing efforts. Uh, and we mentioned that Milwaukee with that win tonight, again, starting to play some defense, 111-99. Orlando gets another win over Utah. They win by eight there. And Brooklyn gets a nice win at home. How about that? Break up the nets. They blow out the Hawks, one twenty-four to ninety-seven. Yeah,
4: trying to both those teams in that seven to ten range, uh, trying to uh, presi- or actually Brooklyn just outside of it, but mm-hmm. trying to get in that play in uh, uh, with the uh, interim coach Kevin Ollie. A couple other final scores: one thirty-two to one eighteen. The Spurs upset the Thunder. Uh, uh, Victor Wembanyama, twenty-eight and cool. thirteen tonight, along with seven assists. Roy is uh, done, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Chet, Chet, by the way, had a really good game tonight, 23-7. and seven. But, yeah, I think it's going to be Wembenyama. Wembenyama eventually is going to get that quadruple double points, man. rebounds, uh, assists, and maybe steals or blocks. Wow. So, Wembenyama, uh, uh, look, uh, I'm glad Greg Popovich is playing him more minutes, though, because he had him on this minutes restriction. It's like, what are you tanking for this draft? Right. There's a weak draft class coming up. Play him. Play that kid. That's, That's what, what people want to see. Absolutely. They know they're not going to see a lot of wins, but go ahead and play him. Uh, by the way, the two games in progress. Uh, Nuggets 76-65 to 65 over the Miami Heat. MPJ, Michael Porter yeah. Jr. with 30 tonight. Down night for the Joker, uh, 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 but they haven't needed him uh, as Michael Porter Jr. has been uh, outerworldly for the Nuggets tonight in the rematch of the finals. And then halftime uh, out there at the Crypto.com Arena. I'm still used to calling it the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's a great Western Forum to me, even <laughs> though that's a very separate building. 70-69, to 69, not a lot of defense in this game. Uh, ADRA 24 at oh. the half for the Lakers, but Wizards uh, right there within the number uh, and uh, seven for the second half, 120 for the total for the second half.
2: Live number in the Nuggets, by the way, opened, uh, you remember before tip, about six. We saw those closing numbers. Now it's up to 10 in the live number being up 11. But you mentioned not a big night for for Joker and Jamal Murray being out with his ankle and Michael Porter Jr. is just going nuts. Yeah. It shows you that, boy, like you can have with no Murray, limited Jokic and still right now
4: up 11 on a pretty darn good yeah, team denver's just kind of the team that's that's there right yep. now uh because right now it's been minnesota and oklahoma city that are one two these two young teams that i think really want to get that one seed in the western conference but and, and the clippers uh have fallen to fourth denver right there in third just i believe they are two games back in minnesota so Denver Denver I don't think has the sense of urgency to get the number 1 seed though. Like when when you, when you've won the championship, mm-hmm. you're like, we can go win a game 7 on the road. We, we we you know, we can go win series uh and uh, we we're not home dependent necessarily, even though if they can get it, they'll go ahead and take it.
2: Uh back to one of the college game that we brought up at the top of the show in the WCC. They're not to halftime yet, under four timeout. Uh St. Mary's, they close 15 against Pepperdine. They're up 21. Forty-six yeah. twenty-five. You mentioned it the St. Waves. St. Mary's
4: has had some margin, though. But some of these teams in the bottom of the WCC are not good. Pepperdine's not good. Pacific's not good. Yep. Portland's not good. So... St. Mary's, man, they'll they'll drop the hammer on you because they're so efficient offensively and they can play good defense as well.
2: You know, it it is interesting because I wonder when we get closer and closer to March Madness, and by the way, Doug Gazarian is going to join us at the top of the hour, so we'll get uh, Doug's thoughts not only on tomorrow's NBA, but also if he's got any college basketball plays out there. We start to look at these teams, and you've been doing it all all year. Some other people are kind of getting into the, the mixed weight, after football, kind of take a deep breath and oh boy, all of a sudden you look—it's we're we're in March, baby. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's here. The madness is going to be here before you know it. Has there been any team that your opinion has changed, maybe in the last month, less that maybe mm-hmm. you had one in November and maybe it's changed in February or now into March? Ah, uh,
4: maybe you know there, there there's a couple because look, you get the variance uh, where teams teams go up, teams go down uh, a little bit. Uh, I I think Alabama. Yeah. Uh, just because in December, this team looked lost. And they and they probably overscheduled. And, you know, having to play Purdue and Creighton, Alabama, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, they lost all three of those games. So it's like, okay, we knew this team was less talented. And... But then they got in the SEC, and now they're up. They're they're twenty and eight overall in the SEC. Uh, they're number one offensive efficiency team in the country. They wow. are currently twelve and three. I think they. I believe they're a game. Yeah, you know, no, they're tied with Tennessee actually uh, uh, at the top of the SEC. But this team, I think, is less talented but they're better hmm. I think they're better as a team because remember they got knocked out in the sweet 16 yeah. against San Diego State when they were a one seed and Brandon Miller couldn't hit a shot uh, from three none of them guys could hit from three but they can do that now and that's and that's modern day basketball now get a shot at the rim or a hit a three yep no mid-range stuff, none of the long twos, none of that stuff, or you're going to the bench down in Alabama. That's just the way it is. But Alabama is a team that, you know, I kind of maybe underestimated because they started a little bit slow, but as they got in the conference play, SEC, probably the second-best conference in the country, mm-hmm. they've gotten a lot better. So my perception, uh, I think, in the positive has changed on Alabama.
2: You know, nothing's in, in what we do in our world has changed. Connecticut's still the the runaway favorite at 5-1 at to one to cut down the net again. Houston has moved in that second spot with Purdue took a little step back if we go back just a week, but the AP poll has changed. Houston's the number one team in the country, mm-hmm. right? It shows you that what we do in, in in our world is a little bit different than when you see the AP and the coaches polls and those things come out because Houston's atop both of those. And by the way, Purdue is second in the uh, AP, and then UConn comes in third there. But in the betting market, it's five to one for UConn, seven fifty for Houston and for Purdue, which one is closer to being more accurate, the AP or, or the money lines that we see?
4: I, I think the odds are, yeah. uh, and, and I think they have the right three favorites. And those teams, by the way, are probably already locked into number one seeds, barring major disaster or an injury to a star player. UConn's going to be a one seed. Purdue's going to be a one seed. Houston's going to be a one seed. Who's going to be that fourth number one seed though? Arizona, yep, certainly in the mix for it. I think Tennessee. They're making a case in the mix for it. Perhaps Alabama. Whoever wins that SEC. But uh, yeah, I think I think those are going to be those on those one lines uh, here come Selection Sunday.
2: Yeah, it's amazing because I think everybody respects Houston, certainly in the in the betting market to be the second choice with Purdue at plus seven fifty. But the concern is, we don't have this concern with UConn. Can they score when you need to score in the NCAA tournament? We know they can play defense, Mm -hmm. but I think UConn feels like that most balanced team again. And the same, the, the the reverse question is for Purdue: Can they get a stop? We know Houston can get a stop. We don't know if Houston can score. We know Purdue can score. We don't know if they can get a stop when they need it, right? Those would be the bugaboos there, but UConn doesn't seem to have those issues.
4: No, I don't think so, Uh, uh, because when you look at those offensive and defensive ratings, uh, UConn fourth offensively, 18th defensively, and usually I'll have a formula and I'll bring that out as we get closer to the tournament. Uh, uh, Usually your national champion, if you look at the Ken Palm rankings and you add up the adjusted offensive efficiency and the defensive efficiency, and they're less than 50. Mm. That's usually my cutoff. Well, obviously Houston applies there, Purdue applies there, Connecticut applies there, Arizona, Tennessee, Auburn, Duke, Carolina, Marquette, Creighton, those type of teams all apply under those parameters. I didn't hear Kentucky in that list. Defense got to get a little bit better.
2: Same with <laughs> Alabama, actually, but too. That's the problem right now with, with Kentucky Wildcat basketball. By the way, 22 to, to 1 right now for Kentucky to win it all. Well, it was 28 to 1 20 a week ago, so it's getting uh, down there a little bit. Okay, when we come back for hour number two, Doug Kazarian is going to join us to talk all things NBA and college basketball. That's next hour coming up right here on Decent Tonight.
3: Zumo Play.